Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Hello and welcome to a very busy Thursday on the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am the host today, Adam Cousins. Andy, our general host, is delivering beer to the nation. And if we were to stop that, I think there'd be anarchy. But I am joined in the, in his absence by our fellow AEW guru, ah, my good friend Dave Robinson, or as we call him on here, Dynamite Dave DMD. How are you, Dave? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Thank you. Clocking up the overtime again. <laughs> yeah. Have you got your energy drink ready for today? Because we have yes, a mate. very busy yeah. day. Um, you can get other energy drinks. Just I'm absolutely you. pumped, man. I've just finished watching Dynamite. I'm in a great mood, great show. So, yeah, right. and, uh, I'm really excited to talk, talk to Zach as well this morning. Yes, and well, there you go. It brings me on nicely to our guest. On Tuesday, we had Martin Stone on, and I mentioned that he was wrestling royalty, and I did mention that we had more wrestling royalty on on Thursday, and our guest at this time is exactly that. His family was basically born and bred into wrestling. He was probably dropping elbow drops after about a week old. He probably had his first match at three. He has his brother that wrestles. You may know that his sister wrestles in AEW as Soraya, but if you didn't, you do now. Ladies and gentlemen, it brings me great pleasure to welcome to the Hidden Turbulka podcast. We know him as Zach Zodiac, also known as Zach Beavis. Welcome to the show. <clears throat> hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. No, pleasure is all ours. Honestly, Zach, thanks for coming on. Let's talk straight away. Let's get into a question that we normally ask these uh, our guests that is a bit stupid to ask you, which would normally be how you'd get into wrestling, but that's kind of a silly question to ask you. Uh, but I'll <laughs> rephrase it slightly into a two-part one. Um, obviously, not every um, uh, a child or kid of a, of a wrestling family goes into to the business. Number one, did you see that as a, as a natural thing for you to do? And number two, obviously, you've worked for other promotions, not just your family's one. Is there? Do they expect di different things from you because you're like second general or third generation wrestler? Yeah, so, you know, as you said, generally speaking, when you're born into a wrestling family, you're following the footsteps. Um, you know, but that wasn't a case for all of us. But for me, you know, I come out of I come out of mum's womb in wrestling gear. You know, uh, I've always been a massive wrestling fan. Um, you know, I wanted to travel with mum and dad when they were in the peak of what they were doing. Um, you know, five, six days a week on the road. Um, wrestling truly has been my life, you know, and it'll continue to be. Um, you cut me and I bleed professional wrestling. Yeah. Exactly. It is. Uh, I mean, British wrestling in general um, is going, well, we say it's booming. I mean, in the industry, I think in, in, in total, everywhere is booming, wherever it's WWAW in, or independence. I mean, we're, we're working with an independent company at the minute. We're producing our own event in July. Um, and some of the talent that I see, I went to see the, a show of theirs uh, a week or two ago. And some of the talent on there, even on like the lower card of the matches, you just sit there and you think, how are these guys not, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if you heard there'd be, Pulled up, and do you agree? Do you think British wrestling or wrestling in general right now is just hitting that dynamite or hitting that boom period again? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Uh, wrestling in general, I don't think it's just British wrestling. I no. think it's you know wrestling in general. We've hit a boom. Uh, I believe it's because we've got so many different companies out there now, which is appealing to you know different needs, different styles. Not everyone you know likes a traditional Greco-Roman sort of freestyle British wrestling. 
Some people like the high-flying daredevilish stuff. Some people like the pantomime and the theatrics of it. So, you know, we've got so many companies now that cater to a vast variety of audience. We're now picking up numbers like we did um, in the Monday Night War, you know. So in the Monday Night War, you had 10 million people tuning in weekly to watch whether it was one uh, or the other or both. If you were like me, you were flicking through the channels trying to keep up on both shows. Um, But I believe that's what's happened now. You know, we've got a a variety of professional wrestling. When you look at WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact's putting on some great stuff, MLW, NWA, you know, that's just that side of the world. Um, I'm traveling around the world at the moment. And, you know, whether I'm in Germany or Italy or France or Australia, wrestling is booming. And, um, you know, that fills my heart so much because I'm so passionate and love this industry you want to see it do well. Yeah, I think like you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think like once the WWE kind of purchased WCW, ECW, we had that. Let's say it was a lower such because there really was. I mean, Ring of Honor was it was still there. Um, yeah, you really just had that one major company, and that was it. And kind of that's an, that was the end goal for everybody. But as you say now, AEW caters to that more. I would say edgier attitude era kind of style that we know and loved when we was watching the Attitude Era uh, growing up. You know, WWE has the sort of bits and pieces like you saw the Brock Lesnar thing on at the weekend it's, it's getting a bit edgier but they do cater to a younger audience MLW is very much a I class them as like another another version of NXT uh in, yeah. in a way um but Dave what, what do you think at the moment how, how are you you're almost sort of more of an AEW guy than me uh what what do you think about wrestling at the moment I, I am yeah but um obviously I've, I've, I'm aware of uh, Zach's story you know mm-hmm. and when when you were younger Zach your aspiration was always the WWF stroke WWE. Um, does it excite you now um, that, you know, there's these so many more options? Do you like of AEWs? These other, not just America, as you say, all over Europe. Um, wrestling seems massive. It, you know, does that give a lot of younger wrestlers, guys that you're training, um, their dreams, you know, it's not just all about the WWE now. There's all these other companies out there. Yeah, you're spot on. So, you know, growing up, WWE, WWF, that was the be-all and end-all. That was the hierarchy. That was the number one company, you know. um, And no matter what profession you play in, whether it's football or golf or whatever, you've got to be striving for the top level. Do you know what I mean? If I was a professional footballer, I wouldn't be happy playing in League One or, you know, the championship. I want to be a Premier League player, you know. Uh, And that is my story and always has been, you know. Um, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, WWE was the marquee company. That was the one you were aiming for because once you got there, you'd made it to the big leagues, right? Yeah. But yeah. now, you know, it's not just WWE. You've now got AEW, MLW, Impact, NWA, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Japanese wrestling is thriving at the moment. There's so many companies out there as well. You know, it just gives young wrestlers options, you know, because not everyone's style is going to fit into WWE. You look at some of these wrestlers, that are on the independents, absolutely killing it, making a name for themselves. They say get to WWE and they're watered down versions yeah. of what they were. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's not what you work for your entire career to, to get to the top and then everything you've learned, don't worry about that. We now need to work to the camera and do this, that, and the other. You know, um, I'm a guy that has studied this industry since the day I can walk. You know, I'm 32 in a couple of weeks. Um, and I don't think there's many people that are in their prime, but also the past, the present and the future. 
you know, and I want to take what I've learned and my style of professional wrestling, which I believe I've got a style of my own, and mm-hmm. take that to companies and let that be the light that's shining for me, not be watered down, you yeah. know? So it was a great question. And, you know, in short, I'm so happy there's, you know, so many different avenues that youngsters, youngsters can take now. Uh, there's not one company that you're deeming as the very top. Yeah, it, that is true. And you are right. I mean, the, they do water down talent. You can tell, and you can tell that more so when they move on. Uh, yes. You know, like a prime example for me was even like Moxley. Uh, when yeah. he was, you know, you kind of knew he had that style that he does on AEW, but you never really got to see it because of the, I, I suppose, sponsors and, and whatever else that they have to appease to over there. You're obviously into your tag team stuff as well. Yes. Rather you champions wherever you've gone we've had a lot of tag team wrestling uh we had one of the we've got the uh pro wrestling carnage tag champions uh, they're called beers and beatdowns i think they're a great name uh okay that's a great name we, we sponsor those guys as well and they were saying that tag wrestling is always about that kind of always about that hot tag is that kind of what it, it do you agree with that is that where that sort of tag wrestling or is there more to it than that no I, yeah i mean you can say the hot tag you know that's going to get you a pop but so me and my brother, we were brought up on tag wrestling. You know, mm. my dad and Jimmy Ocean were the Superflies. Yeah. You know, they, they were winning championships. They were the top tag team wrestling, the top tag teams all over the world. So that's kind of what we were sat and, and brought up on. Now, for me and Roy, you know, for us to, when you've got two styles that you can amalgamate together and it's fast and furious and tense and, you know, the rules kind of go out the window when it comes to tag wrestling, which suits us to the ground. You know, we'd always start our tag team matches high octane, a lot of energy, really bringing it to the crowd. Um, and that's sometimes hard to do in a singles match, I believe. Mm. I've just done it at Rev Pro this weekend, yeah. just gone with Michael Oku, starting mm. for high impact. You know, but for me, tag team wrestling is a whole different ball game. It's a whole yeah. different art. You know, you, you're constantly worrying about, you know, uh, you got to think for your tag partner. you got to think for two people on the other side of the ring. You know, you're constantly thinking of, um, you know, the build-up to the hot tag that you said. Um, but not also that, you know, you're constantly thinking about different ways and styles to keep moving tag team wrestling up the ladder. You know, for years, tag team wrestling was an art form. It was special. We had some fantastic tag teams. Then it started dipping a little yeah. bit, you know. And now I think that because wrestling's on a boom, you're yeah. now starting to see the difference in tag team wrestling, cruiserweight wrestling, heavyweight wrestling, the styles are coming back. You know, I don't believe there's just one style anymore, which we had for a long time. If you didn't do this style of wrestling, you weren't a wrestler. Uh, Now there's a lot more accommodation and uh, they're open now again to tag team specialists, hardcore wrestlers, you know, super heavyweights, heavyweights, uh, you know, cruiserweights, et cetera, which is exciting. It is just a side note. We got we've announced Michael Oku for our show in July. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, slight plug. Um, I can't tell you who he's going against. I do. Uh, yeah, but uh, that will be announced next week. But yeah, he's he's coming to our show, which is Buckle Up in July. So I'm looking forward to uh, having him. But you mentioned styles, and you mentioned sort because even tag teams have their styles. Yes. You, know, you look at um, the Rockers were always like a, a high flying style. I mean, growing up, you know, Demolition were always, you know, LOD. You had the yeah. you know, uh, Midnight Rock and Roll. What style, when you say you sort of implement both styles, and do you find that like there's ways that you can sort of maybe you, you have a move, they have a move, let's put this together, and actually it works out that that's going to be a tag move that we're going to use going forward? <clears throat> yeah. So what was strange is, you know, me and Roy. Growing up, we learned every style of wrestling. You know, um, we're very big. 
believers on fill up your pie chart. You know, if you're good at one style of wrestling, that's great. But if you go to another show and they don't like that style, then what do you do? So, you know, it, here's the story. We'd be at PCW on a Friday yep. going in there as absolute hooligans, living up yep. to the name, fast, yep. furious, brawling, striking, you know, just really bringing that intensity. Then we'd go and do WAW the next day and we'd be like the bushwhackers. We'd be comedy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm laying on the floor playing like a, a, a dead fish. They're trying to pick me up and I'm dead weighting them. And, you know, it's working <laughs> to your audience, which, again, is an art form. You know, um, again, I've learned every style of wrestling. You know, some I'm better at than others. But generally speaking, I needed my my technical ability. I need to be able to high fly. I need to be able to brawl. I need to be able to do comedy. You know, I need to be able to go out there and do a traditional rounds match. I need to go out there and be able to do a 15-minute all-action, no-fucking-rest spot. You're going for it, going for it, going for it. You need all these styles, strong styles, another one. You need all these styles because once you've got them styles, you become a style of your own. And that's what I believe I'm bringing to professional wrestling at the moment is I'm not one style. I'm, I'm all of them combined. And I will pluck out whatever the fans are enjoying in that particular match for that particular company. And yeah. for me, more wrestlers need to do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. With that Dave, over to you. Got anything? <clears throat> yeah, that, that's a massive skill in itself, Zach, isn't it? You know that you can adapt and you can you can perform, you can suit the occasion, suit the crowd. Um, you're still young, mate. You, you're only, as you say, thirty-one. You're in your prime, but you're so experienced. Um, you've achieved a lot in wrestling. What are your ultimate dreams now? Of though your aspirations, where do you want to get with your career? You know, what's kind of the pinnacle for you? I know you do a lot of training as well, um, and you bring young guys through. Um, yeah, what what are you? Have you changed your your dreams over the years now that you kind of at this point in your career? Yeah, I mean, you know, the ultimate dream originally was to get to the WWE because, yeah. as we mentioned beforehand, that was the be all and end all of professional wrestling. And I'm a guy that will, no matter what I, what I do, I want to be the best. You know, yeah. I, I like to fish to relax, believe it or not. Six foot yeah. three, 17 stone. I like <laughs> to go sit on a bank and fish. But if I go, I want to catch the biggest fish. I want to know the most about fishing. I want people to be like, he's good. It's the same with professional wrestling. Now, as you mentioned, you know, I train people. You know, I, I, I will give everything that I know to them. I will pass every information all my failings, all my heartaches, my inner scars, I will leave that with them because it's a part of your journey. They need to understand that, you know, there's no one clear direction. You're not going to keep going up. You're going to go up and then you're going to drop and you're going to go up and you're going to drop. And this is an emotional roller coaster. professional yeah. wrestling. Any industry is an emotional roller coaster. But for me now, um, you know, the grand, the grand dream, the absolute ultimate, I want to be known in british wrestling as one of the best yeah i want i want people not to label me as like an eddie guerrero or Shawn michaels but you know in 20 30 years from now i want to make sure that my name's cemented in british wrestling and people say you know zach broke the mold he was different you know he, he went out there and learned every style you know it don't matter which fan base he had in front of him he knew how to work that audience he knew how to deliver that performance um but, you know, as you said, I'm still young. And for me, I, I, I really need, and this sounds crazy, but I really need that last, that last thing. The last thing for me is a contract. Yeah. It doesn't matter where. I'm not, I'm not pointing, you know, at any company specifically, 
But for me, once I've got that contract, I've then completed professional wrestling. I've done my bingo card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for, for the, my five-year plan from now is to try and get signed. If that doesn't happen, I'm not deflated because I've already built a legacy here. I've got a, a performance center that I've got 200 students and doing regular shows, winning championships, traveling the world. I'm still living the dream. I just want the stability now. I want that contract so that I don't have to do as much shows. Yeah. You know, I can pick and choose whichever ones I want to do. And the sacrifices that my wife and three babies have made for me to go out there and try and build a name and a brand, they'll get the rewards of stability of daddy having a contract. Yeah. And it's not easy, is it? I mean, you've kind of mentioned that, you know, you're bringing up a family in this business. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. You keep the big league, you know, WWE or wherever that, you're away. Your life is yeah. literally, you know, 200 days a year. Obviously, they're really supportive, which which is great. And, obviously, and you know, that contract will offer that stability. But is it hard when, like, you're – as I'm a dad, and, and so is yeah. and Like, and, I mean, my son doesn't live with me. Uh, I see him at weekends. So every weekend is like, that's it. I don't care. We're going. We're, you know, yeah. that weekend's going to be mine and his. And they yeah. will to every time she comes home. You know, you, it's yeah. daddy, daughter, and stuff like that. Is it hard for you, though, being away, quite doing this brand thing? And uh, the kids are at home. <clears throat> So let, let me quickly say this. Say, for example, WWE come to me, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, I'd be in, say, NXT. Sure. I'd have to do the training, but I'd be home every night, yeah? Mm -hmm. Then I'd be NXT shows, you know? That's maybe once, twice a week, as well as the training. But yeah. I'd still be home every night, mm -hmm. yeah? It's not until you get to the main roster, you live on the road five, sure. six days a week. Yeah. If I got to AEW, you know, the schedule would be maybe Wednesday to Saturday. They've started doing live events now, but generally speaking, mm -hmm. three days. If I was to do MLW, Impact, New Japan, it's not, the schedule's not horrendous, guys. No, On the yeah. indie, and what I'm doing now, I'm grinding more now than if I had a contract. I sure. work seven days a week, every day, every week. Yeah. So I'm in the office Monday to Thursday. You know, I'm then wrestling Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I leave tomorrow at 9 a.m. and I spend the weekend in Switzerland. Wow. You know, but yes, it's good for the credibility. Yes, it's good for the brand. My name's getting out there, but that's another weekend that I've sacrificed yeah. with my babies. You know, I get to see them every night going home at the moment from the office. I take them to school every morning. I tuck them in every night, you know, but they understand that daddy is doing everything they can. I want to show my kids that if you want something in life, it takes sacrifices, hard work, determination, and it doesn't matter how many knockbacks you get, you need to keep, keep bursting through them doors saying, listen, I know I've got something. You yeah. know, it only takes one person, one other person to believe in me that's a little bit higher than me, and that dream becomes a reality. Now, some people may say I live in a dream world, and they've, they've got every right to say that. An opinion is an opinion. Mm. But at the end of the day, I've not grinded for 20 years solid, working every day of my life, missing important events like my kids' birthdays because I'm out in Australia, or missing their sports days because I'm in Germany. You know, I, I'm... My schedule now is probably more grueling than what it would be if I actually signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy, right? Yeah, that it is. We didn't think. Yeah, it's when you think of it that way, it is really different. It's different, isn't it? You probably. I have to be out there every week. I have to be doing something every week. <laughs> you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, my kids know daddy's away. It doesn't matter yeah. if I'm doing a training school, a show. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I need to keep working on that brand, getting reps, working the best wrestlers in the world. You know. Yeah. Your, your name being out there. And if you take a week, two weeks, three weeks off, 
there's another indie guy working just as hard as you that's going to take your spot. So yeah. right now, I'm in a pool of thousands, thousands of people chasing the same thing. But yeah. I know one advantage I've got at the moment is I am outworking everyone because that sheer determination, yeah. uh, you know, it can't be can't be matched. No, it's, um, it, obviously, um, the documentary on Channel 4, you know, featuring your family, uh, it was absolutely clear how much you love wrestling from an early age. Um, the film, I don't know how accurate the film is, how it, how it depicts you all, um, but in that, it, it shows, you know, that wrestling is your absolute life. Um, meeting you now and talking to you, I've never spoken to anybody as passionate as, about wrestling as you are, Zach. You're certainly not. I know you say you're one of thousands of wrestlers want to do it, but you're definitely you're definitely something different. Uh, and I truly believe at 31, you've still got that opportunity, that contract, whether that's AEW, as you say, whether that's somebody in the WWE that you go back to and you 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 know you were there. I think you had a few um, like dark matches. I, think, I remember you had a match with the Big Show, didn't you? Big Show. Yeah, I yeah, remember you really. selling the choke slam like uh, unbelievable yeah. sell. I know it was a short match. Um, so yeah, as you say, you keep at it, and you're so passionate and determined about it. I'm I'm confident that you know you will get that contract. Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. But that's you know the, the person you see now has not always been the person that's presented himself. Yeah, you know when I was younger. And every wrestler to go through it. When I'm 19, 18, 19, 20, I think I'm God's gift. So the attitude wasn't right. Mm, then, yeah. you know, I then get rejected multiple times by WWE. That then deflated me. It left me with inner scars that people can't see. If yeah. I had a scar going from my chin to the top of my head, people would realize that, that you know, I've had something bad happen to me. And I have to look in the mirror and see that scar every day. But people don't see inner scars. They don't see someone that's been absolutely ripped to shreds yeah. into a million little pieces and had to rebuild yourself. For me, the pandemic was the greatest thing that ever happened for me personally, because okay. I got to spend 18 months with my children solid. And in them 18 months, I worked on myself, on my body. One thing that I've lacked is being in, looking like a superstar. I know my capabilities. I know that I'm good in the ring. I know that I can step on with anyone and have a good match. Yeah. But my body used to let me down. But now, you know, it's a different mindset. There's that self-belief. I believe that I should be there. I train seven days a week. You know, I go for a walk for half an hour, get 4,000 steps in the morning. I go to the gym um, directly after that. And I'm going to boxing classes pretty much every night because I want to be the fittest, the strongest, the fastest, the best. I want to, I want to be that front runner, that pack leader, you know. Yeah. But it's taken me to get to late 20s, early 30s, to realise how much knowledge and wisdom has grown through me learning from my failures. Yeah, interesting. That is really interesting. Zach. That is a really... I mean, yeah, some, people say the, some people will say the pandemic finished them as, a, you know, as an individual, that, because it was just like... For example, my son my son was born with, <clears throat> with health issues, so uh, he had an pneumothorax in his lung, so he couldn't breathe. The, the lung wasn't mature enough to move the water in the air around. So when... Right. when um. When the COVID hit, I had I didn't see him properly until it was probably about nine, ten months. I was doing window visits every day. Wow. So I never had that, you know. So obviously the time now is, is going to be amazing. Um yeah. let's switch gears uh, a little bit. There's a couple of questions that we always are. We always play a, a game called shot clock. Now, A, we don't drink shots, and B, there's no time. 
Uh, <laughs> something that Stone Cold used on his podcast, but I like it because it, it does give us answers. And some answers stump wrestlers more than others. So there's about five or six questions. It's a good segue into the second half of the show. So the first question would be, <clears throat> your fa- what would be your favourite arena to perform in? Not necessarily in England, but say around the world. If you could pick an arena right now to go and perform in, where would it be? <clears throat> Tokyo Dome or Madison Square Garden. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said Madison Square Garden, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We was joining in the other week, and uh, Dave said Madison Square Garden. I've been past MSG, but I didn't have any wrestling on when I was at Newville. I think it was basketball. I think there was something was on like that. Right, it's, it's just it's, such an iconic place, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, your if you could pick three guys, <clears throat> past present, to have a uh, say a fatal four way with, who would it be? Sean, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. They're, they're the three ultimates. <laughs> sign me up. <clears throat> Get me a yeah. ticket for that. I, I would love that. to see that. That would be an amazing. <laughs> I, I, those are my, those are literally one of my three, the three, one of the three greatest guys that I've, uh, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think there's anyone more rounded and more gifted than them three performers. They no. had it all, which they is did. what I base myself on. I don't yeah. want to be an entertainer or just a promo guy or just a flyer. I want to be that full package, which is why. I'm never going to insert myself into their league, guys. You know, I'm not. I'm not a stupid man. But if this was what I was saying a minute ago, to leave a legacy, to be not even compared to them, but they're like Zach was so gifted and all round well oiled, yeah. and be compared to maybe a Guerrero or a Kurt Angle or a Shawn Michaels. Shit, sign me up now. That's all I yeah. want. Don't worry about the contract. Yeah. Just I want my peers to appreciate what what I do for professional wrestling, what I bring. Yeah, I mean those those three in general, Jesus, they're amazing. They're all three of them. Um, what's the best wrestling entrance music? Ooh. And that's the stumper. It stumps everyone because everyone it has does. different things. Okay, so I'm gonna go with all time greatest, mm-hmm. and to this day will still give me goosebumps. I believe it has to be the Undertakers. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. I was talking to um. We had a guest on the other day and we were saying about uh, Brian Kendrick. And we were saying, right. like, when you're in that ring and that gong goes off and the lights go down, I swear it gets colder. I don't know. Maybe that's just you yeah. at the moment. I don't know. The flames are hot because I've been sitting near him. But, like, and he said, you, you were literally transfixed on this giant guy was walking to the ring. And it's kind of like things like when you say like the Austin thing, when the glass was smashed, you knew someone was going to get their ass kicked. You know, you, yeah. you knew it was just one of those things. Um, but with the Undertaker, it was just like you would be fixated on what was going on. I, I tend to agree from an all-time perspective as to when I'm watching it. But I also, yeah. one of my one of my other favourites was um, uh, Triple H's The Game. Just, yeah. Again, different things. So, I like to think about the all-round side yeah. of what you're asking. I very much look into every question you're asking me here, buddy. So, <laughs> you know, for me, when you say all-time, what is yeah. your favourite all-time? As soon as that gong yeah. went, he would hold your attention for anything up to five minutes. Yeah. Without one move, one one vocal, nothing. No. He didn't have to do nothing. His aura grasp the audience for yeah. up to five minutes. I don't think anyone can ever say they're up to that level. The glass would shatter and there would be a pop for that moment. Then there'd be a pop for him walking down the ramp. Then there'd be a pop when he hit the stunner. Don't get me wrong, Stone Cold's one of the greatest of all times. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted here. Mm-hmm. But to hold an audience attention for five long minutes from the gong 
to the last bit of taking his hat off and rolling your eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Keep it going, guys. Keep it going. It's one of the shame things because my son's going to the first time. We're taking him SmackDown and Money in the Bank, so we're going for it for his birthday. Missed out on AEW because um, we uh, Football Mania was on the Saturday and he, I had right. tickets ain't gone on sale, so I couldn't get it. Um, and I really wanted him to see that entrance. That's the one. In, like I said to him, I'm really shame that you've never happened to see him live because it's. It's something that you'd never ever you, you'll take it with you to the literally to the grave in, in a sense. Agreed. You know, because I've had the privilege of I've even I mean, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting him twice. Yeah, he, I mean, gee, that, he was the only guy when I first met him that I felt nervous go because of who he is. Like you know, yeah. you don't know what he's going to be like, and the second time was fine, but the first time, I was, no, I I totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of them. Um, most underrated performer that. In wrestling, that you think one of who one of the most anyway. <clears throat> one of the most, in my opinion, would either have to be Owen Hart or Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I, I said agree. Dolph last week. Yeah, you said Dolph last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I said. Um, I think to a degree, I said Cesaro, mainly yeah. because apart from the the, the talk, I suppose because his accent, I suppose in in a sense, uh, maybe that was the reason why. But for me, when you look at, I know he's having success now in in AEW or Ring of Honor. But like, I just looked at him and going, "How the hell are you not like, you know, at this point?" But it, it, as you say, the, each to their own. They have things that they want them to do. The thing is, buddy, we're going back to what I keep stating, yeah. and that is having the full pie chart yeah. to hold the audience, to be able to promo, to be able to interact with other performers. It's not just about your wrestling ability. No. You have to have that whole package. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying Cesaro hasn't. I know him. You know, he, he's a very, very talented wrestler. And again, I'll agree, he's he's underrated. Yeah. But you've then got to compare him to someone else that can do what he do and have the charisma that he yeah. may not have. He knows how to connect with an audience. Yeah. 100%. The crowd go crazy as soon as he swing or, you know, start running yeah. and hitting them Euros. He knows how to connect in a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Is it difficult? Because obviously you've got your career and your aspirations still, but as a trainer as well and bringing young wrestlers through, you've you'll have some trainees that are fantastic wrestlers. How do you develop those other areas, the promo skills, and you know, what do you do at training to to bring that out of them, to perhaps bring them out of the shell a bit? Because as you say, they may be able to wrestle a great match, but if they're not connecting with the audience, um, you know things might not work out for them. Uh, great question. So I've got a couple of ways that I try and bring out someone's personality or confidence yeah. or character. Uh, we do a lot of method acting here. Um, so, you know, I'll get five guys. I will then, or five in a group, and I'll say to them, right, guys, here's, here's a scenario. Uh, and we can get quite deep with this stuff as well. Like, look, you, you're a family that has, you know, you're traveling to holiday in the car, but the car's been hit. The mum is in a lot of pain. You know, the dad's freaking out. The children's screaming. Go tell me how the story finish. Yeah. They'll then need to go in the ring. They'll have to act out the scenarios, you know. And then what you'll do is someone that's not so confident, you'll give them less of a role. And you'll find that when they get the less of the role, they'll, they'll shine a little bit more because they ain't got so much pressure on them. As soon as they get over that hurdle of thinking they look silly or they don't know what face to pull or whatever else, we start moving forward. Another thing I'll do is I've got six, uh, ten, ten foot by eight foot mirrors in my gym, and we'll cut promos on ourselves. So you know, you know, I, you know, I'll say something like this Saturday I'm going to tell you apart, Zach, and then 
I will then look at myself to how I'd react if someone told me that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of method acting. Um, you know, we do a lot of random promos. They'll be in the ring and I'll say, right, one minute promo on this <clears> bottle <throat> of water, please. Mm. Wow. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we're right. constantly trying to help them. My family is very big on being able to connect with the audience on the stick, you know, to tell a good story. Uh, you know, we're very Memphis here, I would say, in our style of wrestling. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a big thing for us. But it, it's hard. You know, baby steps. You, you, you're you not going to click your fingers and they're going to get it, unfortunately. No, definitely not. And last question before we move on. If you could have a manager from any generation, who would it be? That's a good question. Um, to be honest, I think there's only one man that I'd want in my corner, and that would have to be Paul Heyman. Uh, and I say that because he's just so good on the stick and so good at making the person that he stood by look like the man. I know you need that as well. Like Brock oozes it. Roman Reigns oozes it. You know, at one stage he was going towards CM Punk who oozes it. But I believe that you could give him... Well, anyone, give him Rey Mysterio and he'd still talk the talk and say that he's the biggest man in the room and that you should be frightened of him. And you, you know, believe it and all. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd believe it as well. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I loved Heyman. Heyman and Bobby Heenan. I, I loved Heenan growing up when he was growing up as a kid. You know, See, I loved Heenan as well, but Heenan would always play that Weasley character. Weasley. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, yeah. You know, Heyman, yeah, he's got that in essence, but he's more of just like that. I don't know. He's got a face you want to punch Paul Heyman has. <laughs> yeah. It's not that weasel. It's that slimy, manipulative. Like, you just know he's lying for his teeth. Yeah. And for me, to be able to generate heat just by a, a look or the way he looks up to his wrestler and he's like, it's like he's infatuated with them. Yeah. That, that's, that's magic. That's art. That's professional wrestling. I must say quickly on heat, and I always give this guy, this kid credit because he's not long been in Dominic Mysterio. Oh, for the heat that right now, if I don't I mean, like, you're talking MJF levels of nuclear heat without having to be as harsh on the microphone as what MJF can be. Dominic Mysterio, Dave, if you haven't seen it, yeah, you need to seriously because he is so. There's general conversations going on at the moment saying he's only being booed because no one likes him. Uh, well, ain't he doing his job? He's making yeah. villain. It doesn't yeah. matter which way he's generating heat. If yeah. the crowd are being noisy and reacting, he's winning. He's winning. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And right now, I think the guy's 25 years old. Yeah. And he could be quite easily the most hated and biggest villain in WWE. Yeah, he yeah. could be. He's brilliant. I think he's I think he's fantastic. Um, it would be wrong for us not to have a chat about your sister, your lovely sister, who's currently doing things in AEW. And we're looking forward, we're all in. We are all in, every one of us, yes. even Andy. Uh, we're all going to all in. We can't wait. Ballsy move from AEW to book Wembley. I thought it was Wembley Arena when I first heard it, and it wasn't. I'm not being disrespectful to them. It was, no. just, you know, it was one of those things. Um, anyway, one of the questions that Andy, who's going to be on, as I say, he couldn't say, do you still get Big Brother syndrome with with Soraya? In what respect? When you see her on wrestling, when you see her wrestling, and you know, obviously, we know Nick. She, yeah. Last week, for example, she took on Willow Nightingale. And she got hit with a Death Valley driver. I was watching that near enough behind the sofa, and I don't even know who she is. Like I don't know her like you do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you still get that sort of that's my sister kind of thing? To be honest with you, uh, you know, there's only 14 months between me and Soraya. No long, is there? Yeah. <laughs> we grew up like twins. Yeah. Um, you know, and when she left in 2012, 
yeah, 2012, she left to go out to America. Mm. Uh, I felt like I lost a part of myself. You know, yeah. uh, I've mm. always been that overprotective brother, always making sure she's got everything she's needed, etc. Even through her hard times, you know, there's a few times that I spoke to her, say on a Wednesday night, and I'm in America by Thursday afternoon. Wow. You know, I, I am that protective and I'll always mm. be there for her. Um, when I think about being protective, I think the hardest thing I've ever had to sit and watch was last November when she made her debut at Full Gear. You were now, there, right? Was you there? Was you part there. Of yeah, yeah. That point? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was there. I helped produce the match. I trained her two or three days before the event just to bump her around and just to check. You know, I I needed that, yeah. that you know, reassurance that she's going to be okay. Yeah. So we went to the uh, Santino Bros gym um, in LA and we rolled around there, just bumped around, checked her out a little bit, just posting bumps, a few lifts, running the ropes, nothing too heavy. Obviously, a few days before a big pay-per-view. Um but I just remember the build-up to it. And I'm like, so you're all clear, right? She's like, I'm clear, bro. And I'm like, so what, they've said that you're 100% or you're 95 and we're gambling? Like, what's it? No, I'm 100% clear. Okay, so the fluid's all growing back. Yes, the fluid's all there. Zach, trust me, I've had seven or eight different doctors. I'm fine, okay? Now we've got to go over that mental hurdle of mm. Soraya knowing she's fine. She's yeah, reassuring yeah. everyone else. But what we should be doing is reassuring her. So sure. I kind of had to switch, get, you know, tactics. And I remember just having a moment with her before she went out. Th th they said to me, look, we'll take you to front row once your sister make her entrance. I'm like, cool, no problem. Yeah. So just as Britt's gone out, Soraya's gone through into the, the gorilla position. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've waited out. She's then burst back through and you could just see the emotion in her face. Tears are starting to well up. And we had a moment. I hugged her. I said to her, like, breathe. You know, this is, it, it, there's a lot of emotions here from nerves to adrenaline to fear to worry to, is this going to hold up? Is the match going to be good? How's the crowd going to react? Are they going to boo me, cheer me? You know, what reception am I going to get? There's, there's so many thoughts running through her mind. I just give her a hug. And I just said to her, you've told me you're cleared. You know, you now know you're cleared. Now go out and do what you do, what you do for years. You know, yeah. whatever said or done, it may be biased, but you change the format of women's wrestling in WWE oh, and Marvel. Oh, with the way that you hit, with the way that, you know, the intensity that you brought from Norwich, England, that, mm. you know, we, we created, you took that and made it worldwide. Yeah. You could do it again. Let's go. And I remember them saying, look, the camera's going to be on you. You know, if you could play up to it, great. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm not going to worry about the camera. I need to worry about the bumps and the movements. Yeah. And because I helped produce the match, I knew what was coming where. And my biggest fear was when she'd done that twist and suplex from the yeah. ring apron. Mm -hmm. yes. And as she'd done it, the camera zoomed in and you could just see me like sort of fixated on Soraya, just like, you know, move your, your, your hands, your fingers, give me a wink, do something because yeah. my heart is literally in my throat and I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah. Um, and I remember Britt turning around and blowing a kiss and, you know, I was a bit like, okay, everything's fine. You know, yeah. Britt's reacted to me, so that's reacting to the move. Yeah. Soraya's down, you know, she's, she's giving the referee the Iggy, the referee's looked over, everything's fine. But, you know, they're like, oh, that reaction, I'm like, was 100% authentic, guys. Like, I didn't yeah. give a shit what cameras you had on me. <laughs> my sister, my baby sister, yeah. was in that ring 
once again putting her life at risk for mm. the playing fans. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and I'm glad it all went well. Mm. And you know, she had a cracking match. Swaya, yeah. in her own admission, you know, she she blew up a little bit. But who wouldn't after five yeah. years out for five a years, you yeah. can't prepare for a wrestler match in a few weeks when you've just been cleared? No, but exactly. she did, and she was great. Yeah, she, no, really she was. was yeah. And, and we, you know, obviously we love we love the fact that she's back anyway, and, and uh, we we can't wait to see her uh, all in. I'm sure, even if she's the heel, I'm sure we'll give her a, a nice reaction, depending on the situation. You know, where where she is, because she's going to be in England. You know what the English crowds are like; they will always cheer the English guys. Listen, we're all smart. She's yeah. going to get the pop when she come out. Whether yeah. she's good or bad, people are going to appreciate her being home on on home yeah, soil. Definitely. So she's going to get that pop. Yeah. If she's the villain in the match, then we're smart enough to play along with that. Yeah. Because yeah. we've gone there to enjoy the soap opera, enjoy the movie, enjoy the entertainment. Exactly, yeah. No. We don't try and hide it anymore no. in professional wrestling. We're very open about it. So, you know, regardless of whether she's face or villain, she'll get a good, you know, homecoming welcome. And then I'm sure we'll boo the shit out of her, including me, if she's villain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave, before we start wrapping up, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, when Zach was talking there, I remember on All Access, they showed you and your, you know, you at ringside and you could see that wasn't any kind of playing up to the cameras or performing. That was concern for y- your sister. Um, yeah. I thought it was an excellent match, a great return. Uh, and I'm looking forward to moving forward, you know, seeing more of Soraya as well, because I, I suppose she still has to be careful to a degree. I, you know, she's not going to be wrestling week in, week out. I, I wouldn't have thought. Um, no. So, you know, it's baby steps. Yeah. Like, you know, when she got the all clear for her neck the first time, she was then thrown in the deep end, doing live shows, house shows, TV shows, pay-per-views. You know, she was doing everything. Uh, yeah. and, and I think as you get older, you get wiser. Soraya is now 30 years old. Yeah. She knows that, you know, she may only have another five years in professional wrestling, not because of the neck, but the rest of her body might catch up. She's been yeah. doing it since she was 13, you know? So she's got to take each match as it comes. I'm glad she's only doing maybe one, two matches per month. I think yeah. that's perfect. Not only that, that generates that box office feel. People know how good Soraya is. And yeah. if we're only going to get to see her once or twice a month, I pe- think people will be more invested into her matches. If it become weekly, you know, then people are going to be expecting way more than what maybe she's comfortable doing at this stage. Yeah. I still think we haven't seen the best of my sister, though. She's amazing. I'm her biggest fan in the world. But she's 30 years old. She's just coming into her prime. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is exciting. With the roster yeah. that AEW have got, yeah, and the yeah. fact that my sister's 100% cleared, Jesus Christ, I'm excited for all the matches she's got in her locker for the next five, ten years. Definitely, man. One last question. That. Can I ask yeah. one last question? Have we got yeah. time? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Zach, um, hypothetical situation, but something that is absolutely possible. Um, Tony Khan gives you a call. It says, Zach, we want you and Soraya to team up at All In. Who would your dream opponents be at Wembley against you and your sister? Ooh. Ooh. Dream opponents, well, that, that's hard. Or, or in AEW at the minute, perhaps. For story purposes, yeah. I think it has to be Britt and Adam Cole. For story purpose. Yeah. The fact that I was there on her debut and Britt was there, we had a little set to on social media. You know, Britt is fantastic, guys. What an absolute humble, amazing performer and person. I can't speak highly of Britt Baker. But, you know, even she was saying, 
man, I wish Adam was here and cleared. Like, how cool would it be to have a mixed tag? Yeah. You know, we even messaged the other week, just being like, oh, that mixed tag could happen, you know? And <laughs> we, we both were a little bit like, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, that would be amazing. But they have got, you know, 80,000 seats. If you take away some seats for production, they've got 80,000 seats to fill. They're going to have to get the very, very best, the cream of the crop to come in and to give themselves, you know, the best show possible. I want to see some of us Brits on there. And if there's a British name on that sheet, I want it to be mine first, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think anyone's noses can be pushed out of joint. If a Brit don't get the chance, they've, they've got to give. They've, they've got to go all in. I, I know it's the pun, but they have to go all in <clears> and produce their very best show uh, because this is going to propel them into a whole new universe if they get this right. And it should put some new eyes on British wrestling as well. If now, I've done a post about this the other day. No, that's why I've got talking to you on <laughs> So Everyone's saying, well, how is this going to do anything for British wrestling? But the simple fact is, if the major companies of the world are coming to the UK to use our fan base, you know, between, you know, Clash of the, Clash of the Castle, Money in the Bank, the Smackdown, All In, just them four shows, we're looking at maybe 150,000 people maybe more, 200,000 that have gone through the doors and watched professional wrestling, if they enjoy that, the first thing they're going to do is go, well, is there anything local? Like We, we want to be able to go to more live events. Yeah. And in return, you know, the UK indie market grows, more eyes come on, you might get more people that want to train, so then your intake goes up. There's so many good factors, but the number one thing that I'm so excited about and what I think this country needs is the revenue that is going to come in that's going to help the economy. All in coming in, yeah. all the B&Bs and hotels are sold out within a three-mile radius. Yeah. You know, when you think of 80,000 people surrounding that area, the economy needs that money right now. You yeah. know, so this is great for the economy, British wrestling, all of it. I'm so thankful for them choosing England. Yeah, exactly that. It's going to boost as big. I mean, Wales, as you say, Clash of the Castle boosted Wales' economy up. So it's time to you know, get a bit of English wrestling, get a bit of... Economy boosting, more eyes on the product, more people attending British wrestling. Zach, before we wrap up, can you tell people where they can get hold of you, what you've got coming up? I know you're a very busy man. You're posting you. belts everywhere you go. But please, go ahead. Um, yeah, so you can get me on any social media, DZAC, Zodiac. Uh, I'm travelling literally all around the world. I'm in Switzerland this weekend, Poland the weekend after. Uh, I'm around Birmingham area uh, the last bank holiday month of May. Yeah, Germany, Italy. Uh, Malta, you name it, I'm everywhere, guys. Keep your eyes peeled on my socials because I'm forever sharing, you know, different promotional graphics and everything else. It'd be great. And if you do come to a show, uh, I know I've got this persona of a big man and really intense, but come and say hello because I always want people to judge me at face value, not from the rumours that they hear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, come say hello. Well, Dave, do, you man. live in Birmingham way. Yeah, I'm not far from Birmingham. So, yeah, That's I'll check so that out. Where I am in, there's a company called Alternative Pro Wrestling. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've heard of it. AWW. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm doing a training school up there for them on yeah. uh, Sunday the 28th. Okay, I know that we talk. I think Dave Mastiff's a trainer there as well. Um, okay, well, maybe we can connect anyway, bro. Because if you like, where you can come say hello, we can meet in person. That would be great, Zach. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. I, I live in Essex. So I'm not too far from North, you know, Norwich away. So there you go. Come see me at Braintree, June 2nd. I saw it last night. 
I saw it last night and I was I was meant to t talk about it. I was looking through what was coming up because I'm obviously we said we got buckle up in July and I was like, what's in June? And I saw it and I was like, Zach's there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna have to go and try and see it. Yeah, um, uh, if I do go on at the moment, guys. So uh, yeah. if you see a, a graphic, you know, around your area. Please, you know, not obviously not you two, but anyone listening to this, mm. message me. You know, there's a good chance I'm going to be on that show. I've already done 58 shows this year, mm. uh, and I've got another minimum of 75 to do before the end of the year. That's about any extra work that come in. Well, if I get to Braintree, I'll be definitely hitting you up to say hello properly because we haven't yes, met. Do. I literally commented on your post about wrestling, and then we got talking on Facebook, and then this appearance happened out of yeah. that. So, there you go. Uh, I'm going to quickly do one for hours. Obviously, Dave, we're back at five. Uh, we're back later, five-ish, six-ish with the Dynamite Review. We've got Bobby Fish later on. We're kicking off some promotion for Buckle Up next week. We've got one of our talents coming on for there who we're looking forward to having on. Next week is a busy week. I do need to get the calendar. Uh, uh, I'm not being disrespectful to any of you guys on here, but we do have a, a lot of people coming on to the show and I want to make sure I fit them all in. So obviously Bobby Fish later, Taylor James, followed up by SoCal Val next Tuesday. Next Thursday, we're going all extreme with Just Incredible. Next Sunday, we're doing NWA with AJ Kazana on his birthday and he's going to be by the swimming pool. So I, I'm going to imagine that one's going to be fun. And lastly in May, uh, so two more in May, we've got EC3 on the 23rd. And the guy that pissed off CM Punk at the press conference on the 31st of May, we've got Nick Hausman joining. Zach, it has been amazing, this conversation. I honestly, I've done this for six, seven, eight months with Andy. I've never been so enthralled in, in listening <laughs> to someone talk wrestling. But this, I could easily just cancel the rest of my cancel my work plans for the day and just listen to you. It has been no, fantastic. Thank you. thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Guys, if you can get to any of Zach's shows, as he said, hit him up and, you know, go and see him. I certainly will be in Braintree now. I'm going to have to go and get all that sorted out. Hopefully, <laughs> Dave, you'll get to go in Birmingham. But, guys, yes, I'm looking forward Zach, to thank you so much. Dave, we'll see you later. I'll see you a bit later on. This has been the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. And until later on, guys, see you then. The Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast is proud sponsors of Ignite Pro Wrestling, Jurassic Pro Wrestling, Beers and Beatdowns, Pro Wrestling Carnage, Corey McRae, and Matt Cast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.